For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part five of the series. So let's begin by looking at Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And Paul states that he was not taught by men the gospel of Yeshua. He says, The gospel which was preached of me is not after man, neither was I taught it, but it came by revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach. So given that Paul stated that what he's trying to communicate regarding how to express your faith in Yeshua as Messiah, he was not taught it. What was Paul taught? Paul Paul was taught to believe in and follow the Torah through the interpretation and teaching of the rabbis, which is the oral Torah, because he states in Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, For you have heard of my conversation, which is the old English way of saying lifestyle. You've heard of my lifestyle in time past in the Jews' religion. Now, when he's referring to the Jews' religion, he's not talking about following the Torah itself, the written Torah. He's talking about Pharisaic religion. Rabbinic Judaism or oral law. And he then says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 14, and I profited in the Jews' religion, that is Pharisaic oral law, above many my equals. In other words, he took it seriously and diligently and he then was zealous for his faith. I profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. So there we have the phrase again, the tradition of the fathers, which is a reference to following the Torah through rabbinic interpretation and rabbinic oral law. He's not referring to following the written Torah itself apart from the rabbi's interpretation. And so then Paul tells testifies that he grew up and he lived as a Pharisee. Acts chapter 23, verse 6, Paul cried out, I am a Pharisee and I'm a son of a Pharisee. And then in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, he testifies that he's of the tribe of Benjamin. And as relating to how he sees and understands the Torah, he says a Pharisee, meaning rabbinic Judaism. So Paul learned the Torah from his teacher Gamaliel. Acts chapter 21, verse 4. 
40. Paul spake unto them, saying, Acts chapter 22, verse 3, I am verily a man which am a Jew, yet brought up in this city, that is Jerusalem, at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the Torah of the fathers. So who is Gamaliel that was a teacher of Paul? Gamaliel the elder, or Rabbi Gamaliel the first, was a leading authority in the Sanhedrin in the middle of the first century. He was the grandson of the great Jewish teacher Hillel, who is associated with one of the two major sects of Pharisaic Judaism in the first century. So one sect was associated with Hillel, and the other sect is associated with Shammai. And so Paul's teacher is the grandson of Hillel the elder, and Gamaliel died 20 years before the destruction of the second temple in Jerusalem. So Paul was raised in ultra-Orthodox Jew. Acts chapter 26 verse 5, which knew me from the beginning if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. So today, what is the most strictest sect of rabbinic Judaism? They're called ultra-Orthodox Jews. Paul then in Galatians chapter 1, he rebukes primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua for following what he calls another gospel. Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle unto the churches of Galatia, in other words, those that believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, continuing on in Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him, that is Yeshua, unto another gospel. And in doing so, you would pervert the gospel of Messiah. And so what was Paul opposing? He was opposing primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah who believed in Yeshua as Messiah, but were seeking to express their faith in him by following the understanding of the Torah as taught by rabbinical Judaism. And so this is what Paul called perverting the gospel of Messiah, because Messiah taught his disciples that you follow his Torah, given he's the lawgiver, and through the new covenant, the Torah is to be written upon our heart, and we're to follow that Torah through the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul taught in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 19, that when you're outside of the commonwealth of Israel, you are also without Messiah. And that would mean that in Messiah, you are a part of the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were without Messiah, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But now you are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So back to Acts chapter 15, the same thing that Paul had an issue with there is the same thing that he's addressing in his letter to the Galatians. Acts chapter 15 verse 5, it says, and there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. So this is Pharisaic believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, and they were saying regarding the non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. And so when you don't have this first century Hebraic background, if you're not aware of Pharisaic belief, if you're not aware that rabbinic Judaism puts the oral law above the written law, then you will 
will read this verse and you're going to interpret it like traditional Christianity does that what these Pharisees who believed in Yeshua were saying of the non-Jews that they were trying to get them to keep the written Torah in and of and by itself to follow the Torah itself. But this phraseology to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses is a phrase that means that these Pharisees who believed in Yeshua as the Messiah were advocating that the non-Jews convert to rabbinic Judaism, that they make a conversion and they submit themselves to come under rabbinic authority. So let's see what is the conversion process. Number one, when a non-Jew wants to become Jewish, the rabbis are required to try to dissuade him from doing so. And what I'm going to be sharing with you now comes from the website beingjewish.com and the article on conversion. Number two, can a non-Jew convert to Judaism? Judaism means rabbinic Judaism and still believe in Jesus as the Messiah. The answer is no. This is not something negotiable in Judaism. And number three, there's only one way for a non-Jew to become Jewish or regarded as being Jewish by the rabbis. And that one way is through an Orthodox Jewish Beit Din or a rabbinical court. And the process starts by finding a rabbi. And the rabbi will have you study and then you'll have to study some more. And when the rabbi feels that you are ready for conversion, he will test you to make sure that you understand what the rabbi was trying to teach you. And then a rabbi will bring you before a rabbinical court and set up an appointment schedule. And the rabbi may still try to dissuade you from going through with the conversion. But when the rabbi is satisfied that you are ready for the conversion and that you are sincere, then he will set up the actual arrangements. Now, if you are a man going through this process, the rabbis will require as a part of the conversion that you get circumcised. And men who are already circumcised go through a ceremony to symbolize that circumcision. And then one of the most fundamental rules in Judaism, rabbinic Judaism, is respect and honor for the rabbis and halakhic authorities. And so therefore, that respect and honor is what they rule and say you must do. Well, if they don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and you are a non-Jew who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, now if you convert Judaism and submit yourselves under rabbinic authority, then they're going to be pulling you away from Yeshua. And so this is what the contention is in Acts chapter 15, and that's what the concern is. Now, number eight, it is impossible to properly fulfill Judaism and Jewish life unless you are part of a Jewish community and a congregation. So once again, let's review what is the conversion process for a non-Jew to convert to rabbinic Judaism. When a Gentile wants to become Jewish, the rabbis are required to try to dissuade him from doing so. You will have to study the Torah, and when the rabbi feels that you're ready for conversion, he will test you. If you are a man, you will need to get circumcised, have honor and respect for the rabbis and halakhic authorities, and join a Jewish community and congregation. So, back to Acts chapter 15. There is a Torah dispute between Pharisaic believers in Yeshua. Paul is a Pharisaic believer in Yeshua as the Messiah. 
Messiah. And so when in Acts chapter 15 verse 1 it says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, now we understand that they were advocating that these non-Jews go through a rabbinic conversion and submit themselves to the ruling and the authority of the rabbis. And in doing so, they would not be submitting themselves to the teachings and authority of Yeshua. That is why in Acts chapter 15 verse 2, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. It was a heated argument. And so now back to Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle unto the churches or believers in Yeshua as Messiah that are located in Galatia, he says in verses 6 and 7, I marvel that you have so soon removed from him, that is Yeshua, to another gospel. And then in verse 7, but there would be some that, now he uses the phrase, trouble you. So what Paul is opposing, he's referring to that there are some among you that are troubling you in perverting the gospel of Messiah. And so this same phrase is used in Acts chapter 15 and verse 24. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and to keep the Torah, which means to go through a rabbinic conversion. So what is Paul calling troubling? That a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah, particularly a non-Jew, that they would try to live their lives in following the Torah as an expression of belief in Yeshua, that they would submit themselves to the teachings and the authority of the rabbis and their interpretation, particularly when they would be advocating to not believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. And so given that there's a Torah dispute going on here in Acts chapter 15, and Paul is a part of this Torah dispute, what position is Paul taking regarding this dispute? We're not explicitly told in Acts chapter 15, but by reading Paul's letters, Romans, Galatians, etc., Paul does explain what his position and what his view is. And what many in Christianity do not understand is that the Torah does require both physical circumcision and circumcision of the heart. Where does the Torah require circumcision of the heart? Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 and verse 16 it is written. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? What does he require? It goes on to say in verse 16, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. So given that the Torah requires both physical circumcision, Genesis chapter 17, and circumcision of the heart, Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16, the next thing we need to realize is that not all Torah commandments have equal weight. We can see this from Yeshua's teachings in Matthew chapter 5 verse 19, where it says, whosoever shall break one of the least commandments. Well, if they were all equal, you wouldn't have some commandments that are least compared to others. And then Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 to the Pharisees that you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but you've omitted the weightier issues of the Torah. So if there's weightier issues of the Torah, they don't all have equal weight. And so now what would be an issue of debate in Acts chapter 15? Not if you should follow the Torah, but the proper way how to follow the Torah. 
Torah, and then the dispute over what has greater weight, physical circumcision or circumcision of the heart. So while we're not told in Acts chapter 15 what Paul's position is, we do know from his writings, and we're going to, in particular, we're going to look at the book of Romans to understand what was Paul's perspective of circumcision. And Paul's perspective of circumcision in the Torah is based upon the example that we learn from Abraham's life. And what Paul's going to explain is that Abraham was first given an instruction and a promise from God. And this is in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, where he was to leave his house and his family and to go to a place that the Lord would show him. As a result, it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, that Abraham's faith was counted unto him for righteousness, being in right standing with God. And because it was his faith in God and trusting in God, that represented in Abraham's life a circumcised heart. And then after Abraham showed a circumcised heart through trusting and believing in the promises of God, after that, in Genesis chapter 17, then the God of Israel asked of Abraham to be physically circumcised, and the physical circumcision was a sign that he already was in covenant relationship with the God of Israel. The physical circumcision did not establish the covenant relationship. Well, when rabbinic Judaism teaches that a non-Jew is to go through a conversion, a conversion is establishing relationship, establishing a covenant relationship. And what does rabbinic Judaism teach about how you establish that relationship? It's done if you're a male through physical circumcision. And so Paul is going to give a Torah argument and he's going to then teach the proper understanding of the Torah using Abraham's life, showing that the rabbi's interpretation of how you establish covenant relationship with the God of Israel is incorrect. And that's what Paul's going to call in Galatians chapter 1, perverting the gospel, incorrectly interpreting and following Yeshua's Torah. So we see in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul explains that Abraham was justified in his heart. He showed that he was circumcised in his heart, and then he was asked to be physically circumcised. What shall we say then that Abraham our father has found pertaining to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, which means his own merit, he has whereof the glory. But glory wouldn't be given to God if it was based upon Abraham's merit. But what says the scripture? And he quotes from Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So this is circumcision of the heart. And this is based upon Abraham believing with his heart and following the Torah or the instruction. Torah means the teaching or the instruction of God, wherein God gave him instruction and a promise if he would be faithful to follow the instruction. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house into a land that I will show you. That's the instruction. And then it comes with a promise. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And then in Genesis chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. 
and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so in the Hebrew, where the King James translates it as, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed, the root meaning from the Hebrew can be understood, in you shall all the families of the earth be grafted or intermingled. And then it says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And so in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, when Paul says, now what says the scripture? Abraham believed God was counted him for righteousness. He was quoting, or he was making a reference to Genesis chapter 15 in verse 6. And so then Paul asked this question in Romans chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. When the scripture says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, Paul asked at that point in time, how was it then reckoned? When he was circumcised or when he was uncircumcised? And Paul says, no that time in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, Paul was not physically circumcised. He was uncircumcised. But then Paul says in Romans chapter 4 verse 11 that he received the sign of circumcision, which is Genesis in chapter 17. Genesis in chapter 17, it says in verse 10, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it will be, and the King James says, a token. It means a sign. It will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So that's what Paul is explaining in Romans chapter 4, verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, which is a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, while he was uncircumcised. That this is the Torah example that the God of Israel is given to us through the life of Abraham. That's why Paul says that Abraham might be the father of all those that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them as well. And so Abraham is the example that God requires in order to establish the covenant relationship that you must be circumcised in your heart. And so how do we apply that circumcision in our heart? We show it by repenting of our sins and asking Yeshua to come into our heart and our life and we make him Savior and Lord of our life and that we receive his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. When we do that, by repenting of our sins, we are showing a circumcised heart. And so now we look at Genesis chapter 17 verses 9 through 11 and we can see that Abraham was physically circumcised after being spiritually circumcised circumcised or believed with his heart the promises of God. And God said to Abram, you shall keep my covenant. Therefore, you and your seed after you in their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it will be a token or a sign of the covenant between me and you. Now, let's furthermore look at what Paul was teaching regarding this subject from Romans. Romans chapter 2. First, we're going to give you a summary of the point that Paul is making primarily in Romans chapter 2. And Paul makes an analogy. And Paul is comparing in his analogy a non-Jew who is not physically circumcised, but yet he follows the Torah showing his circumcision of the heart versus a Jew. Well, that's going to conclude part 5 
of the series on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.